What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of A Yank and a Swede, a Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Norin, your Swede, and Elliot Niblock, your Yank. Hello, Elliot. Oh, hi, Zeb. How are you? Uh, I think I might be coming down with a cold, so if my voice is uh, a little more raspy than usual, I apologize for that, but hopefully I can uh, avoid it and not get that you know the man cold <laughs> the man cold yeah there, there used to be this really bad commercial back home in sweden for um uh and cold meds and it's this man he's sitting um, in his kitchen and he's sneezing and he's all you know he's got a pretty bad cold so he's over like a hot bowl you know with the fumes and everything and he looks up and he's like, you women, you talk about having, you know, going through labor. Oh, but God. Have you ever felt how it is when a man has a real cold? <laughs> it's so bad. And that commercial today would just not fly. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that it is it's like poking. It's trying to poke fun at men being babies whenever they get a minor thing and like the subtext is vaguely honorific of labor pains but it's still just in really poor taste (laughs) no it is it is but i mean there's no doubt that when men get sick we turn into little babies that's for sure uh we're gonna kick things off with taking a look ahead at the europa league as uh, we hoping that this will reach your ear canals before the games get underway so, uh, first off, we got Chelsea against Bate Borisov. That kicks off at 12.55, very specific, 12.55. <laughs> yeah, they really, uh, boy, just, I mean, the the combination of daylight savings time in the U.S. staggered with the U.K. with now these hyper-specific kickoffs, it's, I'm I'm not even sure where I'm at anymore in terms of trying to orient myself to Greenwich Mean Time. Well, I mean, now we're back to normal. We had a week or so. Where yeah, but it's still, but it's still just like I don't know. It's like once you you can't skip. Just like if you're you're either running, you're you're running. If you're skipping, you're skipping. You can't skip just once and then go back to running. It just throws the gate off entirely. Yeah, no, that's true. So that one kicks off right before 1 p.m. And then we got Arsenal against uh, Sporting. That kicks off at 3 p.m. So uh, looking at Chelsea, still you know, a very strong opening to the season here for them. They're uh perfect so far almost. Uh, still haven't lost. Oh, anything. undefeated, yeah. Yeah, undefeated. And playing against Bata Borisov on the road, though. Uh, but it's still a game that's they should win. Uh, yeah, it's a game they should win. But I, I think that you know the all of y'all's United <laughs> shot and Freda digs aside. Liverpool at Red Star should be a cautionary <laughs> tale. Right? Yeah, we'll get to that later. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for brightening my day a little there. Oh my god, I've almost forgot about that. But yeah, that is very very true. We'll get to that later. Uh, Chelsea, like we said, though, they are undefeated and um, they'll take on Everton at home on Sunday following this. So we'll see if there's any rotation in the squad. 
but this should be uh, a comfortable win for them. Uh, Arsenal, though, very good form right now. They play at home against Sporting. So, sort of the same scenario there. A game they should win, if you look at their current yeah. form. Well, yeah, but I think that, you know, again, I don't want to be dismissive of Borisov, but at the same time, Sporting Lisbon are the strongest opposition by far that Arsenal have faced in the Europa League, and I would say one of the better teams in the group stage. Uh, so it's it, it'll be a test, I think. Um, now that said... I'm very glad that this match is happening at home. I think that our next travel date uh, is going to be much more um, much more taxing. But I also think that you know our, our our match against Liverpool was really the first test that we had since our brutal two opening fixtures of the season in City and Chelsea. And so this is, I think this is this comes at actually a very opportune time in terms of then facing Wolves at the weekend and then getting another international break. Uh, because it's it's kind of like a teaser trailer of the brutal fixtures that we go through in December. But this is not a game in which, I, I mean, I ex- we all expect Chelsea to win handily even on the road. A draw is not inconceivable in this. I think if Arsenal lose, it would be, however, a huge upset, especially given their form. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if we take a look, quick look at their uh, current tables... Um... Arsenal, two, uh, top of Group E, nine points, 8-2 in goal differential, so everything looking hunky-dory right there. Sporting is in second place with six points. And for Chelsea, they sit at the top of Group L, which also tells you how many groups we have, a lot of them. Uh, nine points, same thing there. They have a goal differential of 5-1. to one. And then they have three teams behind them on three points. So they are looking in very good shape there. And, you know, the Europa League, uh, we get some unfamiliar teams sometimes. You know, maybe not everyone has heard about Apollon Limassol, for example, or Sarpsborg, or even Malmö for that, for that uh, you know. Even oh, Malmö are a little more, little more but, regulars. But the team I want to sort of highlight here that we've not talked about, that's... I mean, I don't know the proper pronunciation of this, but I'm going to say <laughs> Dude Lang from Luxembourg. Yeah, I mean, you're our pronunciation I mean, expert, so I'm not going to try to top wrong. that. It's probably like Dude Lang or something like that. But uh, proper name of the club, F91 Dude Lang. <laughs> Sounds like a nickname for your, you know what. Um <clears throat> So, uh, you know, they were formed in 1991, therefore the 91 in the name. But uh, sort of a cool name. The 1991 Man Colds. Yep. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, well, who do you have in your next away game in the Europa League? Uh, after that, it's a trip to Ukraine. Ah. Okay, yeah, that's, I mean... It's not too bad yet, is it? 
I haven't looked at the weather in the Ukraine right now. Well, but I mean, even if the weather is as good as it could possibly be <laughs> at this time of year in Ukraine, like just the travel fatigue alone is, I mean, it, it's another reason that we really, that I'm trying not to take the sporting game too lightly, right? Because if we take all three points, we secure finishing top of the group, and then we can afford to not merely just rest players on the bench, but not even send them on the plane to Kiev. Yeah, just send the U23 team. I, essentially, I mean, I, I think that you, it's a perfect chance to rotate, especially when it's, yeah, no, it's a long flight and then a bus ride, too, on top of that. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to pad your goal difference when you've already secured first place, so. No, that's very, very true. Yeah. We'll see how things shake out there. But it looks like both English teams will go through top of the group, which is nice for the Premier League as a whole as they want to get those coefficient points and all that goodness. Um, let's move back in time now to the Champions League. And Elliot, you already touched upon it, but Liverpool getting sort of a punch in the nose there, losing to Red Star. 2 nothing defeat on the road in Belgrade. Um, both goals came from um, Patkov, Milan Patkov. In the first yeah, half. and and they were in yeah, pretty rapid succession, 22nd and 29th minute. Yeah. So a little, uh, little sign of a weakness there for Liverpool. They did hit the woodwork twice in the second half. But they suffered a loss. First. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that this is a moment of obvious frustration for Liverpool supporters. Uh, I think that it's a deserved moment of elation, of course, uh, for the Belgrade fans and for people like you, Seb, the United faithful and also those uh, Evertonians as well. It, you have to... You have to take it as a great moment of schadenfreude. Enjoy it. That said, they're still a title contender. They could still win this competition. But it does put them up against the ropes a little bit in the Champions League. Yeah, no, absolutely. If we take a look at their group, Group C, right now we got Napoli in first, six points. Um, and then Liverpool in second, six points. PSG in third with five points. And then Belgrade with a very respectable four points. Even though they they got a negative seven goal differential, yeah. I mean, well, this is the thing: is that big European nights like this is the whole reason why a club like Belgrade are in this competition. You know, they're. I mean, this is what their supporters have to live for. I mean, and both of those goals were phenomenal, right? Like a great rising header, a phenomenal strike from outside the area, and I, again, all respect to Belgrade, but you you know that you're not competing year in, year out with the likes of a Liverpool, a Manchester United, a Real Madrid, right? And so it's I, I think it's it's phenomenal for them, but it's going to be the conversation of, yeah, do you remember that night in 2018? And they'll be talking about that in 2025. Yeah. No, that's very, very true. Whereas very I, very still, true. I still think that Liverpool are lifting silverware this season – Maybe the Premier League or the Champions League as well, and I, I, I City are rightful front runners, arguably for both. But yeah. this Liverpool team, despite a bad night in Belgrade, 
can't be counted out of any of these competitions yet. No, and especially if you look at how their first meeting went, Liverpool took a 4 nothing win. There was no talk about it whatsoever that Liverpool was just, they were going to steamroll them. But then they flipped the script here and get a very nice win. Like you said, probably going to be talked to, to well, and, for a long time to come. And I don't want to, I mean, obviously from an Arsenal perspective, I'm wont to do this, but I don't want to press it too hard. But yeah, they had a tough game midweek. They had to travel to play the most in-form Arsenal side we've seen in years mm-hmm. in terms of just basic numbers of the games they've won on the trot and the continued undefeated streak even still withdraws. That that's not to be taken lightly. So uh, they've got to focus on qualification. Obviously, again, in the same breath as wanting Arsenal to get beyond that. But this is a very good Liverpool team, nonetheless. Yeah. So a little side tangent here about Red Star Belgrade. Uh, they have a lot of different sports that they compete in. They got the football club. They got basketball. They got volleyball. Water polo. Judo, handball. Oh, wow. Track and field, tennis, rowing, women's basketball, shooting, fencing, table tennis, ice hockey, swimming, chess. Wow. Women's water polo, boxing, MMA, kickboxing, karate, (laughs) cycling, bowling, (laughs) auto racing, bridge. Bridge. Taekwondo, rugby league, rugby union, weightlifting, and women's handball. Wow. Wow. That is remarkable. Also, the punctuation of women's handball at the end makes me kind of try to do a mental catalog of all of them. Is that the only women's sport of all of them? No, they had women's basketball and okay. women's water polo. Women's basketball and water polo. Yeah. All right. And they got it kind of buried in the avalanche yeah. of different I men's. I mean, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of stuff. But I, I'm just picturing like – Okay, professional chess match. So he comes in with the jersey and just like you got the Belgrade fans. They're lighting the flares. Same with the bridge team. They got the kit. You know, it's kind of funny if that's true. (laughs) That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of of different sports there. Uh, Let's uh, move away from that group and – Take a look at Manchester City. They took a 6 nothing win over Chakta Donetsk. Uh, pretty dominant performance there. And another team that we've said just have the ooze quality. They have almost a perfect side. They're sitting pretty at the top of Group F. They got 9 points. They got a plus 9 goal differential. And, you know, a win in their next game and they're guaranteed to go through. Yeah, I mean, they're they're playing with swagger and scoring goals with the plum. And they'll be doing that all season, save a couple inevitable hiccups. It just remains to be seen how hard they hick and how frequently they up. No, that's true. But that was a good, good win for them against Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Spurs, they took a 2-1 win over PSV Eindhoven. That was played on uh, Tuesday. And if we take a look at their group, they're still in third. 
behind Barcelona and Inter Milan. Uh, Barcelona top the group, 10 points. Inter Milan second with seven points. Spurs in third with four points. Then Eindhoven in uh, in the last place with a single point. Yeah, I mean, this is similar kind of nervy time with two games left to play for Spurs, but uh, I think that they, I mean, they have to like their chances hosting Inter Milan after the international break at the end of November. Um, But they, I mean, they need to not only win that game, but they need to win by a few goals to make up because there's currently minus two within a Milan, you know, neutral so they even if they win that game they will not immediately be in second so yeah they got they got to win that game that's a must win for them who and then do they have i haven't looked at the then they have barcelona their last yeah. game yeah but the likely a barcelona team with nothing to play for but you still i mean barcelona kind of yeah, B still, slash gotta, AB is... Uh, you got you to beat Inter Milan, and then you got to hope that PSV can get a draw against Inter Milan. Yeah. Um, I don't... I, I don't like their chances. Yeah, because I mean, otherwise you got to... Yeah, I, I really don't see... That's going to be tough. Because otherwise you got to go and beat Inter Milan and beat Barcelona. Yeah, which Tottenham are good, but it's it, it is a much steeper uphill battle than we would have expected at this point. Yeah, it's it's a tough ask. I think Inter Milan is sort of sneaky good uh, after being in the you know it's, that club has been a dumpster fire really, uh, but starting to get on the right track here, doing a lot better in Serie A after a couple of meager years there. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Nangolan, Perisic, and Icardi is, a, you know, a phenomenal front three, and I rate Azamoa as one of the best fullbacks in the game, so. Yeah, I think they just, I don't know, it's weird. Under many years, you know, under Moratti, they would, you know, spend all this money, and then it seems like almost like if the player wasn't doing really well after six months to a year, they're like, okay, well, nope, forget about him selling. Yeah. And then they yeah. sell him on pennies on the dollar. So yeah, I, I remember Inter Milan back in the good old days. They had Paul Inns, they had Dennis Bergkamp, Ivan Samorano, Fat Ronaldo. <laughs> oh, Fat Ronaldo. Yeah. Oh, they were a good side. They were a good, good side. Okay. Uh, then Manchester United, they actually won a game. Yeah. <laughs> now, but let's not take anything away from him here. Good two to one win on the road against Juventus, despite Ronaldo trying to, you know, slim Ronaldo trying to uh, just shock everybody with his abs after scoring that, you know, nice goal. Yeah, well, that's how he does. <laughs> I just wish we had a player that was sort of a little bit overweight. And then he scored a goal, and he would rip up his shirt and be like, look at my beer belly. Yeah. But a very good win for United. Um, So results lately going Mourinho's way, that's for sure. Uh, Take a look at at the group here, Group H. Juventus still at the top with nine points. 
United in second, seven points, then Valencia five, and the young boys from Bern one point. Poor young boys. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, I, you know, it, it looks like they they will make it out of this. I'm cautiously optimistic about that. So uh, we'll see what happens. But as far as Mourinho goes, uh, the FA has, uh, or they haven't officially yet, but they are to appeal an independent regulatory commission decision to clear Mourinho of improper conduct. So Mourinho was charged for alleged abusive language uh, following the game between Manchester United and Newcastle last month. But a... um, Independent panel decided to drop those charges, but the FA will apparently um, decide to uh, appeal this decision. And it, I mean, Mourinho, a potty mouth? Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no, definitely not. I, it would surprise me if it was anything less than lots of, uh, you know, crass pejoratives all the time. Yeah. Oh, they actually have confirmed it. That's my bad. Uh, They said in a statement, the FA, having carefully considered the written reasons of the Independent Regulatory Commission relating to the case involving Mr. Mourinho, the FA can confirm it is appealing the decision. So there you have it. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, But apparently he said something in uh, Portuguese that was not proper. Not proper for the English. Not proper. Um, taking a look ahead at what's to come in the Premier League, at, you know, we're already at match week 12. It's going fast. Um, some might like it, some might not like it. One team that might not like it is. Uh, Huddersfield Town. Right now, they're sitting in 18th place. They did pick up a win last week uh, against Fulham, a one nothing win. But they will take on West Ham at home on Saturday. That's a uh, 10 a.m. kickoff Eastern time. And the only reason why I want to talk about this game, really... Because West Ham are going to finish in 7th? Yeah, Corey, Mark Noble uh, says that the team could finish as high as 7th in the Premier League. So, uh, Noble told Sky Sport News, I think the league is so tight, apart from really the top six that are going to run away, I think the rest of us are in a battle for between 13th and 9th, or probably a little bit higher, maybe 7th, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't want to put too much pressure on it. It sounds like the kind of thinking as you're speaking oh god what did i just say i need to be more positive maybe seventh oh god i said we're gonna finish seventh and we're currently in 13th (laughs) (laughs) i said we're gonna finish 13th or ninth oh no yeah no that's true i I, although i do feel like they played better recently uh if we take a look at their form table right now you know you you had a nice win over united then you had a couple of bad one nothing losses against Brighton and Spurs. Then you got a draw on the road against Leicester, and then you beat Burnley 4-2 in the last game. So if everything falls into place, yeah, I could see West Ham being up there 9-8, maybe 7. 
I feel like a lot of things are going to have to fall in place for them to come up to seventh place. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I think that they never would have agreed to this in the beginning of the season, and they've got a lot of talent on the books. But realistically, at this point, finishing just in the top half is a huge win for a West Ham perspective. I mean, because we're nearly, you know, as you said, match day 12, you know, we're like nearing a third of the way through the campaign. Yep. Yeah, it's gone by quickly. It's gone by very, very quickly. Uh, elsewhere, though, the big, big matchup, of course, Sunday 11.30 kickoff. And no, I'm not talking about Arsenal against Wolverhampton. What? Come on! Come on! <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't uh, bury the lead! Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. You're burying too. the lead. <laughs> but, uh, we got the Manchester Derby at the Etihad. Manchester City taking on Manchester United. And I'm hoping for a point. Oh, yeah. That's correct. Yeah. That that's like if you say beforehand, yeah, you get a point. I'll say I'll take it. Oh, at the Etihad with this city side, oh, that I'll would be it. yeah. Take that with both hands. Yeah, uh, I saw a, a meme the other day that said, "If you're a fan of both football and comedy, come on down to Manchester to watch Phil Jones and friends try to defend." Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because it's like yeah. On the one hand, that's kind of just objectively a humorous dig. But on the other, they do have the greatest goalkeeper in the world and a manager whose general tactics are park the bus and then buy a double-decker bus and then park that on top of it. Yeah, pretty much. Although Jones hasn't seen much actually on the field. I think Lindelof and Smalling could be a decent pairing. I still think that... In the long run, Lindelof and Eric Bailly would be the, your best bet. But, well, that might happen with a different manager. Who knows? Who knows? So we'll see there. But uh, that's, of course, the marquee matchup. But like I said, like a point and I'm happy. A point and I'm super happy. City should feel very comfortable going into this game. They're scoring goals. They're keeping clean sheets. And there's harmony in that club harmony oh yeah it's a team that is playing like it is far greater than some of its parts there hasn't been harmony at old trafford for a very long time now a very no yeah let's not go off on that tangent again but just oh sir alex i wish you were 20 years younger i'll leave it at that yeah no, you well, you had a good you had a good run from oh, the last twenty years. Yes, ago. I, and I've said that many times before. Been super spoiled, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt today. So now you will get a chance to talk about Arsenal against Wolves. Arsenal playing at home against newcomers Wolves. We've said before they are not like other newcomers. These are not the newcomers you're looking for. Yes, this is well-financed newcomers that have actually got in and bought some high-quality players. Well, and coming off a good run even prior, yep. uh, I think that Arsenal still have to be confident coming into this game given the fact that 
even against quote unquote not your average newcomers, this is uh, uh, not a. I think not a front runner by any means for even maybe top four finish, certainly not the league, but a big club in the league that is better on paper with an almost unimpeachable run in form of late. So yeah, again, I'm going to say the same thing I did with Lisbon in that we need to be wary. This is a dangerous team. This is a team that can hurt you. This is a game that's important. This is a game that they should win as well. Yeah. But I mean, and that's the thing too. There's, I feel like there's a handful of clubs that you look at them and, okay, they're playing at home. Yeah, they should probably win this game, you know, eight out of ten times. Man City, but... Man City Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, maybe Spurs, United, I don't really count in that camp anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, that's true. Well, I don't hate to say it that much, but, you know, was, I'm trying to be nice. You know, a season or two ago, I would say Burnley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, uh, they were good at home. I mean, Arsenal still concede at home, though. I mean, we've conceded more than three times as many goals as City, and we've scored eight fewer, nonetheless. And I know that's a high bar, but, you know, this is the the club that Ivan Gazidis now of AC Milan was saying is going to be competing with the biggest clubs in Europe a few years from now, and that was a few years ago, and boy, how far off the pace we are. Well, that was when he was banking on getting majority ownership, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, no, I'm not following you. Wasn't it? Oh, no, not Gasito. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking about the owner. That uh, Uzman, Uzmanov. Yeah, Uzmanov, because he had grand plans, too. Yeah. Uh, and then Kroenke was like, no, I'm going to keep milking this cash cow. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we need to do a deep dive into Mr. Kroenke. Maybe we'll do that over the summer or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to do that over the summer also because it'll be fascinating to see how his L.A. Rams finish and then what their finances look like after a championship season and if he, like, just how much cream he skims off the top. Yeah, because, I mean, he has his fingers in so many different sporting pies. Yeah, but he keeps licking his freaking fingers. Yeah, so it would be kind of interesting interesting to do a deep dive there and see just how much the teams spend actually and compared to other teams in their in their respective leagues so uh yeah we'll put a pin in that and bring that up in the summer so that's a far off far off thing here we're just coming into the start of or we're in the height of fall right now i would say yeah that's not even a teaser trailer that's like when they just throw up the fact that this is the film title yep Released Christmas 2027. Yep. Pretty, pretty much. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how things shake out there for every or for Arsenal against Wolves. Um, if we take a look at Everton, like we said, they were going to play Chelsea on the road. Stamford Bridge. Everton. Very good form, though. Four wins in the last five. Um, you know, they lost against United, but then they bounced back with a 3-1 to win over Brighton. And uh, Richard Lisson, you know, he had that little suspension, you know, but now he's back in form, scored twice against Brighton. 
Well, and I think it's also important that Everton don't have that midweek uh, midweek travel, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's going to make actually a big difference. You know, speaking earlier about Arsenal's travel to the Ukraine, but no, that's uh, very true. And it looks like Gilfie is starting to pick up his game, getting more comfortable playing for Everton. Uh, same as Coleman got on the score sheet too, which is. Uh, Quite the rarity. <laughs> oh, it'd be nice. I mean, you know, how many right backs do you know that are super goal scorers, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm shocked that he scored six goals in one season. Uh, oh, yeah. 2013-14. I mean, he's left back, not a right back, but Monreal was on a similar goal scoring pace last year. Yeah. He was just on a tear for a while, but yeah, no, we don't we don't usually see it from fullbacks. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got nineteen goals in two hundred and twenty five Premier League games. So, yeah, nice for him. He's. He was a, I rated him pretty high a couple of years ago. Now he's turned 30. So Oh god, over the hill. No, but I don't think there's another step up for him if you know. No, definitely not. I mean, it's a it's a unless you're a goalkeeper, 30 is a is a plateau at best. Yes. Yeah, if you're in the upper echelon, you can make sort of a lateral move. You can you can do you know, like a rune, although, I don't know, would you put Real Madrid and Juventus on the same? I'm thinking of Ronaldo here. Yeah. Was that a lateral move or a slight down move? Because uh... I don't want to offend Juventus, but just looking at just how good Real Madrid have been, especially in Champions League the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say. It's maybe a slight down, but it's hardly anything, yeah, you know. Microscopic. Yeah, and I mean, who else do we have that sort of? Sanchez hasn't turned thirty quite yet. He turns thirty in December. No, but he won't be able to hang on as long as Ronaldo, just because of his body type and playing style. Yeah, but that's the thing here too. I don't think there's a. He's not going to take a step up. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, and let's be honest here. I am Arsenal till I die, but moving from Barcelona to Arsenal was not a step up. Like, he, he plateaued early in his, his career. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. Um, that's very, very true. Well, let's take uh, one final look here at what we have over the weekend. Liverpool, they will take on Fulham. 7 a.m. kickoff on Sunday. How badly do you think they will thump Fulham now after getting that little snub on the nose from Belgrade? How badly do you think they will thump Fulham? Wow, boy, that's uh, oh, I think leading gonna, the witness a little, they Seb. They're going to come out with a vengeance. Oof, they're going to be fired up for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think that it's going to be a 6-0 city drubbing, but I would, would be surprised. Really? No, I disagree. I would be surprised 
if they scored fewer than three, I would be surprised if they scored as many as five. But again, that's creating a middle ground of four goals, and yeah. that is a high, high bar. Now I'll say they'll they'll get at least five. I don't think so. I I think it's going to be three one, maybe four one Liverpool. I don't know. I'm feeling good now. I won our first little bet here, so I'm I'm a little bit confident, a little bit cocky. Um, although I, oh, you barely won it. <laughs> now, uh, now we don't have any teams with no losses anymore, or with no wins anymore. I'm getting tired. Yeah, we don't usually record at 10 p.m. Nope. But Fulham, five straight losses. Yeah, God, I don't want to see the Cottagers just do the yo-yo and drop straight back down, but it's not looking great for them at this point. Nope, it is not. It is not. Okay, with that, we're going to sign off. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better. And then you should also follow One Yank, One Swede. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.